Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Chittletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from London is Letitia Aduampona. Uh, Letitia is a compliance officer for a NASDAQ-listed company, and today we're going to be talking about AI. Uh, Letitia, thank you for joining us. There's a lot going on, particularly uh, from the governmental side, which I'm hoping we'll be addressing today. Uh, As you know, back in April 2021, long before AI was dominating the headlines, the European Commission proposed an AU regulatory framework. Then big changes happened on June 14th of 2023. The European Parliament adopted a negotiating position. In December of 2023, the EU agreed on a regulation. First, can you start by giving us an overview of what the Act addresses? Um, Sure, Adam. Thank you very much for having me on this podcast. Um, You're right. December 2023 was quite significant because it's when essentially the EU Council and the European Parliament reached agreement on the proposal of a harmonizing act um, across the EU. Um, And so that means essentially it will now go officially published earlier this year and um, basically will have a a number of months, uh, 24 months for many of the regulations to come into play. In terms of what the EU Act actually covers, um, first of all, from a historic perspective, it is a key part of the EU's digital strategy. It's been seeking to develop policies in Europe to shape digital transformation, which benefit people, companies, and the environment. And it's very focused on human-centric AI legislation in its own words. Um, And the intention is to make sure that essentially the impacts on people and society are um, positive and we prevent harmful outcomes. What it covers in terms of content is first things first, um, it includes a definition of AI um, and it has um, reportedly used the OECD definition. So it's referring to artificial intelligence systems as systems that are designed to operate with a certain level of autonomy and that based on machine and or human provided data inputs infer how to achieve a given set of either human-defined objectives using machine learning and or logic and knowledge-based approaches. So that makes it quite broad um, in terms of definition. And then based on that definition, it essentially um, establishes a a risk-based approach to categorization of artificial intelligence systems and then um, establishes obligations for providers and users depending on the level of risk Um, the artificial intelligence system falls in. The legislation has um, unacceptable level of risk, which is prohibited AI, high risk, um, limited risk, and minimal no risk categories. And it provides the governance framework around this together with um, a scheme for enforcement and appropriate penalties. So you mentioned something that I think is notable in the legislation, which is the tiered approach to things based on the risk that there is. Um, What determines the level of risk? Um, Right. Okay. The the act is quite specific in that, in in the sense that each category, it defines what type of AI systems will fall in that category. So in terms of the unacceptable um, level of risk and essentially the prohibited AI, it basically has um, explicitly stated um, what those are. And it gives examples like social credit scoring, um, emotional recognition, 
um, systems that involve behavioral manipulation and circumvention of free will, et cetera, et cetera. So they're very clear, specific, I guess, principle definitions of what would be AI falling within the unacceptable category, and they're prohibited. Um, the next uh, tier is the high-risk AI. And similarly, um, that is defined in, by reference to the use which the AI system would be put to. And once again, in that category, um, it, it specifies specific uses. So medical devices, vehicles, recruitment, HR and worker management, things like access to services in terms of insurance, use of AI in critical infrastructure, um, emotion recognition systems and biometric identification. And there are a few more categories in there, but I think essentially what, what companies and organizations need to do is obviously look at that, that, that category and identify whether they're either providers or users of AI systems that would fall into that high risk category. So that is how the risk is determined. Um, and then there are two other categories. One is around um, general purpose AI models and then um, low risk or limited risk AI systems, um, things like chatbots, et cetera. So the legislation is quite clear and prescriptive by giving specific um, areas of use to determine the risk category that the AI system would fall into. And I understand that within the risk area, some areas specifically will be closely watched and some uses of AI actually will need to be registered. Um, is that correct? How will that work? Yes, um, I mean, that's quite a significant um, area. I mean, definitely the high risk um, AI use category as defined in the act does require um, high risk systems to be registered. Um, and once again, it, it allocates responsibilities between providers and users. Um, obviously, that clearer definition will come when the full text is released. Um, but for high-risk AI systems, there is a requirement for registration in public EU database systems, um, definitely by a provider, but also the indications that also by some users, particularly if you're a, a state entity. Um, and um, there is essentially an EU AI office set up, an AI board, and there's an intention of like member states will have their surveillance and monitoring capabilities in place as well. Um, in addition to actually registering those high-risk um, AI systems in the public EU database, there are additional requirements around the high risk, which include things like um, a rights impact assessment um, and the data governance and transparency requirements and the human oversight around those systems, which are also specified. It's a lot there. Now, what about generative AI like ChatGPT? What are the rules they're going to be? Yeah, it seems um, based on um, the information that was provided, that's an area that caused a lot of uh, discussion and I think was um, a focus of the final part of the negotiations um, between the Council and Parliament. And uh, the key principle coming out for general purpose and generative AI is that transparency will be a significant key requirement that they will have need to meet. Um, so definitely in terms of disclosing the content that was generated by AI and having that marked and clearly communicated to users, um, also ensuring that models are designed to prevent it from generating illegal content. There is a requirement for generative AI to have um, 
basically governance and guards to prevent IP and copyright infringement. Um, and for high impact models with systemic risk potential, there's a requirement for model evaluations and risk assessments. So things like chat GBT4, the expectation would need to go through evaluations um, specifically because of the potential systemic risk. So the key focus for those areas is transparency and documentation and recording of their output as AI generated output. That's a lot of output to report on. Now, for compliance teams looking at this, what should they be doing now? I mean, I realize there's a while before the legislation goes into effect, but are there steps that people should be taking today? Um, I think they are, because I think, you know, this is um, a significant piece of legislation, which um, I guess almost like uh, changes the focus of compliance. I mean, not totally, but in the sense that we are now governing systems. It goes beyond, um, you know, things like just cybersecurity, et cetera, because you're looking at a system from a risk and an outcome perspective, and also that risk and outcome needs to take into account behavioral capabilities of individuals and how it's used. So I think there are a number of key things that compliance teams can do. Um, first thing is let's understand the time that we have available. Um, essentially, uh, the expectation is that the final text will be published early this year. Um, and as a result of that, there's a time scale in terms of when it, it will certainly in, enter into force. So the prohibitions in it are expected to apply after six months. So that's the, the unacceptable AI. The obligations for the generative AI models are expected to be effective after 12 months of it coming to publication. And then the rest of the provisions, so that would be a lot of the high risk area, um, are expected to apply after a two-year grace period, so that's 24 months. So, and also, and I'm sure during this period, in the next six to 18 months, we can expect to see a lot of work and guidance information coming out from the EU. So, I mean, in typical sort of compliance um, approach, one could essentially, using those timescales and those priorities, come up with a work plan. First of all, educate and inform the business um, on the act, um, its content and its implications, obviously with the appropriate messaging and targeting going to different levels, um, senior executives vis-a-vis -vis middle management, etc., cetera, um, because obviously how they view it and what they'll need to do will be different. And then begin to work with business partners to understand the scope um, of the AI systems within your organization. Um, and how they would fall in within the definition of the EU AI Act if they do. And you could actually begin just creating that basic inventory. Um, and then with those timescales in mind, you could then work with the business just to create some work plans to um, help with the appropriate risk assessments or meeting the requirements, depending on the categories in which your systems fall into. And all the time, you know, being cognizant that you need some flexibility to digest any new guidance that's coming out from the EU in terms of implementation um, and uh, amending your plans accordingly. But at least we have time. For now. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Part. Always for now. For now. <laughs> for now, you know, things do tend to creep up on us. And I think in the case of AI with the just incredibly rapid growth of it and the unforeseen consequences of it. I think we all need to be diligent to the fact that things can change very, very quickly. 
for sure. And I think it's also quite a significant new challenge, which will require um, multiple inputs from, from different stakeholders with also different perspectives as well. Well, Letitia, thank you for taking us through the complexity and what's likely to be a long emerging and evolving area for compliance professionals. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Tittletaup from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.